So that's it. Barry Bonds doesn't make the Hall of Fame, and as a result, no player from Pittsburgh or who's even associated peripherally with Pittsburgh will ever make it to Cooperstown again. Do I have that right? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. It's not lost on me at all that Bonds was what he was while with the Pirates. The fact that he cheated afterward and ruined his own legacy, not something that others did for him, he did that quite well on his own. But while he was with the Pirates, he was an MVP. He was the best player in baseball while he was here, before he cheated. And he was part of getting three different Pirates teams into the playoffs, into the National League Championship Series. Now, he didn't do anything once the playoffs started, as we'll all recall, either at the plate or in the field, but he was part of getting those teams there. And of course, if he hadn't cheated, he'd already be in the hall. He most definitely would have had my vote. In fact, if there was no character clause, he would have had my vote. And enthusiastically at that. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. You know, I look over this ballot intensely every year that it comes. And each time there are fewer and fewer players with any kind of connections to the Pirates. And it it's unsettling. You know, I, I would think it would be unsettling to any baseball fan to see the number of franchises in general that are left out of this conversation anymore because of baseball's obscenely imbalanced economics. But that's where it's going to go. That's where it's going to go. You're going to see, in years to come, ballots that are comprised almost entirely of Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, Angels, and so forth. That'll be it. You know, there's going to be the occasional, and he's the example I keep using all the time, Joey Votto, because he stays with one team and develops such roots with that franchise, with that city, that it becomes part of his legacy. But for the most part, the Vottos aren't going to stay put. You know, they're going to go to the highest bidder, and the highest bidders won't be in Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Miami, St. Petersburg, or Pittsburgh. They just won't. The Rays actually provide the most compelling example. The Rays are going to have generational talent, probably in the plural, pass through their system and pass through their major league lineup, and then get moved on after two or three years. The whole Blake Snell thing, not even getting that close to winning a World Series changed anything about how the Rays operate. So when that player does eventually make it into Cooperstown, whoever that might be, they're going to do so wearing somebody else's cap. They're going to do so wearing the cap of the team that paid them all the freaking money.
You know, that's just human nature. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So who is it? Who might it be? I mean, you can look at the current roster and laugh off the concept entirely, except that Brian Reynolds is a really, really good baseball player, who so far has exceeded almost all expectations, including, by the way, that of the people who acquired him, meaning Neil Huntington and staff. It's not like they knew. I mean, I'm not knocking that. That's that's a really, really good trade, okay? <laughs> Even if it's one that just falls from the sky on your head, it's a really, really good trade. There's no way that they knew that Reynolds could be all this. And all he's done is just knock down doubts every step of the way, including maybe most prominently in 2021, bouncing back from that bizarre down year, and you can't really even call it a year, two months of the pandemic-shortened 2020 season. Reynolds is still young enough, dynamic enough, that he could make an impact like that. Okay, Brian Hayes is another you could throw into that category as well. And understand, please, when I'm mentioning these names, I'm not suggesting they're future Hall of Famers. We're talking about people who would have the possibilities someday down the road if they achieve astronomical levels of play. So don't misinterpret this, all right? But Kibrian Hayes starts off with a really good foundation. He's here young. He's an extraordinary defender who at times, meaning pre-wrist issue, looked extraordinary at the plate. If he can put it together and he built some kind of legacy on his own, maybe you're looking at someone like that. But here's my asterisk that I'll attach to both of these guys. This might not be a fair criteria to consider when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. I'm a voter for anybody who doesn't know. But when I see a player like a Todd Helton spend his entire career in one city the way Helton did in Denver, there's a little something extra in that for me. Maybe there shouldn't be, and believe me, it doesn't crack my top 10 when it comes to criteria, but it's there. It's there. My thinking is that if you've done that, you've stayed with one franchise for so long, then it shows that they value you at a certain level. They value what you mean, not just to their team and to their lineup, but again, going back to the Votto example, to the community, to the fans. 
that in and of itself can become a claim to fame. Calling that word right out of the term Hall of Fame. Joey Votto is a bigger institution within Cincinnati than he is to the baseball world. And that's okay. That's actually pretty cool. He's conducted himself in a certain way for a very long period of time. He's done it in one place where they know every single thing about him. And he checks all the boxes in that regard. And it makes me kind of wonder, to be honest with you, what would have happened had Andrew McCutcheon spent his entire career in Pittsburgh. Think about that for a second. Heaven knows I'm not advocating a reversal of the trade. Reynolds coming here from the San Francisco system for Kutch is one of the few very, very bright spots on the Huntington record when it comes to trades. Nobody in their right mind, not Kutch himself, would say, yeah, let's have a do-over there. But for the purposes of this discussion, had Kutch stayed in Pittsburgh and his legacy becomes that he's the face of the Pirates, the face of the franchise for an extended period, he was the guy who helped usher the Pirates out of the 20-plus years of darkness into the blackout game, which, by the way, was the name that he came up with that he was the one who stood in center field and raised both his arms and stared up to the heavens after the Pirates broke that 20-year losing streak. Then the legacy becomes a little bit different. Now he becomes Joey Votto. Now he becomes Mr. Pirate, Mr. Pittsburgh, in addition to everything else that he has meant, and by the way, continues to mean to the community here at large, with all the good work that he and Maria and family do here. Now it's different. Now we're talking statue. Now we're talking about recognition that goes above and beyond. Do you follow what I'm saying here? I, I think that if you're going to see a pirate again in the Hall of Fame, it's going to have to be someone who becomes a pirate for life. And yes, I'm also aware of of how unrealistic that is as well. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Today's J1Q comes from Mike Nolder, who asks, DK, I like Cole Tucker, and I like him at second base. Does that hold water? Mike, it doesn't matter where you put Cole Tucker. He's got a hit. I can't make this point strongly enough or often enough. Tucker is impossible to dislike. We all like Cole Tucker, and we all liked or had to like what he did in September, even though it was September ball, even though it came after five months of same old, same old. 
It looked like he had figured something out. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Maybe he's finally found a way to plant those feet more firmly, drive with the lower body instead of just using his upper body to swing around like a broken bobblehead. And he's put some oomph into his at-bats. The most encouraging thing that Tucker did in that month wasn't the yippee and hooray moments and the walk-offs where you see him bouncing around and getting doused with water or someone's dousing him with water. That, that's what we remember, okay? And the same goes for the results. We can look at his batting average, OBP, and other stuff. But his exit velocity was way higher than it had been. This is someone who was doing nothing other than squibbing the ball into the infield. Now, all of a sudden, he showed up and he was spraying the ball with authority. Banging it off fences a couple times over the fence. I felt like I didn't even know who this guy was at times. That's what matters. If you can get his bat to play the way it did in September, and I believe that's a tall ask based on broader precedent, dude, you can just pick his position. You know, can he play second base? Sure, he can play second base. Can he play short? Yeah, he can play short. I think O'Neill Cruz is going to play short. If Cruz is at short and Tucker is at second, you've got some people that are kind of left out of the mix. Notice I'm not even mentioning Kevin Newman because I believe Newman's going to end up being traded before the season by a team that could use someone who's defensively responsible and maybe they feel like they can get something more out of his bat than what he's shown over the last couple of seasons. But you'd still have Hoy Park, Michael Chavis, can make an argument for Rodolfo Castro at some point. You'd have other options. You'd still have something of a competition. But if it's O'Neill Cruz and Cole Tucker, no, that, that's not a crazy thing to bring up. It, it's just not. You know, but he has to do it with the bat. Whatever it was that he finally locked in in that last month of last season. He's got to keep bringing it. I'm not telling you anything he wouldn't tell you himself. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will do another one tomorrow.